0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Welcome into the show, everybody. It's the Al Wallace Show here on 730 The Game, ESPN Charlotte, 97.5 FM. I'm here with you for the next 60 minutes. Got the afternoon rush Coming up at 3 p.m., Bobby Rozinski in studio with me here today. Got a lot to cover. Of course, getting past the Super Bowl and into some other stories. We'll take you through some of the top stories around sports. Got a little NBA in there. The Tar Heels, seventh-ranked Tar Heels, go down last night. We'll get into that at the bottom of the show. And then something hit me this morning. I saw an article, Could It Be a Dream Come True?, how was this opportunity, Miss LeBron James, Dream Steph Curry. come
3: true. I'd rather go put my head <laughs> in Lake 730 than have to watch and listen. LeBron and the Warriors. Dude, I'll, you can't win in L.A.? I'll
2: tell you why I agree or disagree <laughs> with Bobby once we get to the halfway point on the show. It's crazy to hear that a deal was offered up uh, both ways, it feels like. And then the Panthers, we got to start taking a look at these positions. This is Building time, major construction happening down at Bank of America Stadium. Dan Morgan, Dave Canales got a job to do, and that's going to start with the personnel on the team. We've talked a lot about the draft. Yesterday we talked about free agency and how you can get this done. We'll look at some of the positions and how they can have major turnarounds in 2024 but one of the stars I think maybe the MVP of Super Bowl 58 Bobby was Steve Spagnola a guy I was around uh when I played for Andy Reid and the Philadelphia Eagles in 1999 that guy was a quality control coach an assistant uh he worked with the defense defensive backs and you see Spags kind of go through the rinks and I gave you uh the stat that the first uh, assistant coach first coordinator to win four Super Bowl rings, so it's amazing the job that he's done. He gets an extension uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs after the performance we saw from that unit this year, a unit that really carried them to the playoffs and, more importantly, through the playoffs as they got that thing done against one of the more high-power offenses in the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. And that just brought the question up to mind because he signs this extension, he's going to return Feels like that staff is going to stay intact, which is always weird that the two Super Bowl teams, their great coordinators never get an opportunity or rarely get the opportunity to go off uh, and explore head coaching uh, jobs. But for Spags, just like some other notable names, mostly defensive guys, I think it's better if you stay an assistant he had opportunities he was uh the head coach uh, of the Rams from 2009 at the 2011 and then an interim coach uh taking over for Ben McAdoo in 2017 his record wasn't good 11 and 41 but if you look at one of the best coordinators this year no he did not win that award uh this guy was just a rock star what he was able to do and I don't think he had as much star power as some of the other defenses that went into the playoffs. You know Chris Jones, you know Snead and the guy Duffy on the back end. But other than that, man, it was a lot of role players, and he got the most out of that unit.
3: He did a hell of a job this year, and you're right. And I don't remember a lot about the Rams tenure of Steve no. Spagnoli. I did just – feel
2: like I just learned that.
3: I, I Googled the two. I knew the coach. I didn't really honestly yeah. remember where – where it was. So I Googled the 2010 Rams season. And they actually went seven and nine that year. So that means they only won four games in the 09 right. 11 season combined. That 10 seasons of the year they drafted Sam Bradford, number one overall. And he was the last rookie to get the whatever contract Crazy. he could get before the new things guarantee. came in yeah. with Cam Newton. So, in terms of a coordinator, and that's just what he's best at, I guess. For him, you know, could you get that second opportunity and things would be different? Raheem Morris, right? I mean, he was a coach. It was a long time ago. And now he's getting his second opportunity. I think Morris younger than what Steve Spagnola is at this point. And uh, it would have to be asked to Spagnola. I thought I did hear him say he would obviously love to be a head coach again. But I think he's also accepting to the fact, hey, I can do this. And he is getting the love because he's the defensive coordinator, Al, for an offensive guy. So all the praise of what's going on with this Chiefs team. I mean, Eric Biennemi never got any credit for what's going on. This year with the Chiefs, it's Reed, it's Mahomes, and it's Steve Spagnola. Steve Sp- and Taylor Swift, excuse me. But Steve Spagnola <laughs> is a, if you are just a common NFL fan, maybe I feel like you know his name now yeah, based on what the Chiefs did throughout the season. So if you're him and Brent Venables is someone that always comes to my mind now. He was D.C. at Clemson for a long time, and he did just leave, just finished his second year, I think, at Oklahoma as being their head coach. But he could have left 2015, 2016, but he loved his life. He goes, life is good here where I am right now. He was making probably the highest paid coordinator in college football for a time while he was there, and it was just like, is it worth it for me to go be a coach? Eventually, Oklahoma was the job that he did want, and he took it. So for Steve Spagnuolo, maybe there is some job out there that he would love to have. And the opportunity came forward. He would try to go get it. But if not, hey, life's good being a part of the Kansas City Chiefs, where I know I got Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid on one side, and I'm sitting here leading the defense on the other.
2: <clears throat> yeah. And hopefully you can get Chris Jones back into that organization either. <laughs> yeah, you want you want those guys going to
3: go. I don't know. Trying to think of a rant, Cardinals.
2: Go to, yes, go to the Cardinals. Yeah, go to Cardinals. start bouncing around. Now, he knows too much now. He's seen too much. He's going to want a payday after not getting it uh, this offseason. But there is good precedent here uh, for Steve Spagnola and the guy that he came into the league underneath and, and was groomed in that defense at least for me, looks so much like the great Jim Johnson. We always say that because of the job he did with that Andy Reid staff, uh, that 4-3 uh, heavy attacking blitz, heavy defense that uh, Spags and Jim Johnson uh, started, man, it works. And he was a guy, Spags, 48, 64 years old. Uh, Jim Johnson, and until his, his last moments, was an NFL coach and, and did a great job. Uh, Dick LeBeau is another guy, right? An older coach who was in that Pittsburgh Steeler organization for so very long had opportunities. Uh, a Hall of Famer, you know, as a player, as a coach, all around. Dick LeBeau's another name that you knew was going to be a coordinator. You knew those defenses. You knew what they were going to bring when you went and faced the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was about Jim Johnson and guys like Dick LeBeau. Monte Kiffin's another name. You you go and look at those. Tampa Bay Buccaneers teams with the Tampa two and, and the things they did. Of course, his son Lane is a coach too, just like these coaching trees are all over the place with the Shanahan's and things like that. So it's one of those things, and and, and you know all these guys are defensive. I don't know if you are as good and as proficient as Spags and Jim Johnson and Dick LeBeau. You have the option or you feel the the need to stay a coordinator. Those offensive guys, as soon as they hit and they strike, look at Dave Canales, you're off. You're going to take the opportunity. You're going to run an organization. You're going to be the head guy. But it feels like defensively, you can stay tucked away. You can be known for great defense and, and solid performance. You don't necessarily have to make that transition. And we know – how the NFL feels about defensive coaches, and I think that shift a little bit with, you you look at Gerard Mayo and D'Amico Ryans from a year ago, Mike Vrabel still doesn't have an NFL job, but that is goes to the counterpart of Spags, and that's Steve Wilks, a guy we thought who was working here as the interim coach through 12 games for the Carolina Panthers after Matt Rule was fired, that he would have an opportunity. Another cycle has passed, and Steve Wilks is not a head coach, and I know he's going to get some opportunities as far as interviews and doing those things. I'm going to give half of those a nod to the Rooney Rule, but I think Steve Wilkes has proved that he's a leader. He's a competent coach. uh, He's a solid guy, honest guy, uh, you know, a transparent coach, and he deserves to be a head coach in the NFL. Um, you, You heard from, you know, his coach, Kyle Shanahan, as well, saying, hey, we're going to keep all our guys. We are expecting all of our coaches to be back. A really good thing, because that roster is going to stay intact, and I think the continuity, because if you think about it, the 49ers, Bobby, they've they've had three different defensive coordinators the last three years, and they've been successful. Uh, Robert Sala was there, D'Amico Ryans, and then yep. Steve Wilkes. so if he returns, he'll he'll be you know outlasting the rest of those guys who took obviously head coaching jobs, but Steve Wilks did, did a great job it is crazy. And I think I pointed to it. It was going to come down to the coaches because the rosters, the star power, those types of things were so close. I did not think it would come down to the defensive coordinators who were the stars of Super Bowl 58. You would also already think, or you would ultimately think it would have been, um, you know, Andy Reid, And then on the other side, uh, Kyle Shanahan, regardless of how you feel with him fumbling the whole coin toss and the decision uh, to start the overtime.
3: And with, Steve Wilkes, Al, we look at the job he did here, and you went through those lists of other coaches, defensive coordinators. To me, Steve Wilkes, I throw away Arizona and that tenure he had out there. That was, well, I don't know. You can't judge him I mean, on that. You could picked, Andy Reid could have been there, and I don't think a ton of success would have happened for the Arizona Cardinals. You look at the job he did here, that would be the thing that would intrigue me. And you, to me, maybe you don't look at a, Big market, say the Jets job came open. You probably wouldn't go right back to the San Francisco 49er defensive coordinator to be your head coach. But for a team, let's, I don't know, let me go to Jacksonville, Al, your guy, Doug Peterson. Let's say this year goes goes south again. And for Steve Wilkes of what we saw him do with the culture here, and it's a word I hate to use, but I'm going to say any coach did have a culture over the last six years in Charlotte, it was Steve Wilkes during his time being the interim head coach of the Carolina Panthers. So I do hope Steve Wilkes gets another opportunity to be a head coach in this league because I I think he earned it and he did a great job in the Super Bowl. He was better than Kyle Shanahan. I'll say that. You're going to talk about which coordinator was the best. Steve Wilkes was the best. His defense did enough in that game to win the Super Bowl. On
2: a 16-yard drive.
3: Yeah, a fumble. So special teams coordinator is probably the worst. Not that it's... I don't know how you can really blame the special teams
2: coordinator yeah, for it. A guy's foot. You yeah. just got to be aware. I've been on those units. It's tough. Uh, you you got to know where the ball is, but you're expecting your returner to pull you off, whether it's Peter, whatever they scream, right? Get away from the ball. That means shut off from blocking and scramble. Get out of there. The ball's coming down in the area. But, yeah, Steve Wilkes was good. Spax gets rewarded for his effort uh, in another Super Bowl win for the Kansas City Chiefs. And these defensive coordinators are changing what we thought about the NFL and some of these young, uh, exciting, offensive-minded coaches. Don't forget, um, Pierce is is out there in Vegas. He's a defensive guy. You're just going to start to see more defensive leaders. And I agree with you. That word culture is one that is thrown around. What I think it means is, his identity like Antonio Pierce taps into the black hole Raider nation. He is that type of guy. You look at Detroit, the motor city, just tough, gritty Midwestern town. I think you, you look at Dan Campbell, he fits that mode and D'Amico Ryan's, Houston a young guy CJ Stroud and um, what he was able to do with that football team that's what it's about and you can interchange those if you want to some people shy away from the word culture I know we talk about it often here like was it a culture it was an identity you know what you're going to get from the Carolina Panthers just go and you know look at the cardiac cats and, and those types of things when you have that when you have the the identity of Cam Newton and the Luke Kickley's Thomas Davis, that's what it's about. And I, I feel like culture is really one of those things we're all annoyed with. We all would like to hear less, but it's about an identity of a, a town, a region, uh, a player on the team, and, and then a coaching staff and what they bring to the table. We'll talk about the Carolina Panthers, take our first break here on the Al Wallace Show. We'll come back. We'll tell you which positional group needs to have the biggest turnaround in 2024. This is 730 The Game. 704-332-0173 is how you can call into the Al Walla show. We'll take your text. The line is open. 704-800-4827. This is 730 The Game. Here with Bobby Rosinski. Talking Carolina Panthers. They got to improve. We know the holes in the roster. We know this was one of the, the worst Teams in the NFL, make no mistake about it, they earned Not the one number of. one <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> right, it's I a new it. year. they are a legend, turn, I guess. I get, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Try I got to be nice. keep my access, right? So you just throw in little words like that. <laughs> it helps you out a little bit. But, boy, this team needs to get, uh you know, some, some players in there that you need to improve pretty quickly. And I made a little list of, you know, positions I think could have the biggest turnaround. And you, you got the defensive end, the edge rushers with Brian Burns. Is he still going to be there? We've talked you know, extensively about whether he should stay or go or what they were going to do with that contract. The linebackers, just not a lot of good linebackers. Frankie Louvre had a down year. Um, if they can find a way to get him back on a, a deal that makes sense, I think you absolutely should. And then the disappointment of Miles Sanders at the running back spot, Uh, You know, you got to get more athletic and and more speed at the, the pass catchers, right? Right receiver, tight end. And then maybe the most disappointing unit on the team last year, the offensive line. Look, I think you can go out and find edge rushers. We talked about it yesterday. It doesn't have to be edge. I believe it can be a three technique somebody that can push the pocket and play alongside Derrick Brown. The problem with the Panthers, and you can just go back the last five or six years when you bring in guys like Don Terry Poe, like just think about the names you brought in that did absolutely nothing, right? They were just guys. And I think this year with Deshaun Williams and shy Tuttle, Uh, they didn't stick out to me, Bobby, as guys who disappointed. You didn't see them just getting blown off the ball and hurting the team with penalties and things like that, but they're just guys, and this team needs a whole lot more of them. But if you're talking defensive line, edge rush, they need difference maker, but I don't believe that's the team, the unit that's going to make the biggest turnaround. If you have Burns and if you have Brown, I think they, the two of those guys are good enough to stay stable for Vero in this defensive front.
3: Stable, yes. But when we're looking at position group to have the biggest turnaround next year, I, I think Derrick Brown is tremendous as he was like, what, can how much better does it get for Derek Brown mm-hmm. and what he's able to do? And, and we talked about it yesterday. He's going to need other guys to help out in that area. And Brian Burns, I expect to be back. I would be surprised if Brian yeah, isn't here, but are they going to find that other guy that's going to produce as an edge pass rusher for this team? And outside of a son one year here in Carolina, that hasn't occurred. The, the actually area I would look at, Al, and pick out of the group, I'm actually torn here between two, but I would go wide receiver. And I go wide receiver because I think they're drafting a damn wide
2: receiver yeah.
3: with their <laughs> first pick, whenever that may be. I know yesterday you mentioned about trading back uh, a couple spots, but if they go out and do that, you and Adam Thielen still here, I, I, guess I should assume that he's still going to be here. I you know, I don't know if Thielen's going to try to. under contract.
2: Right? I know he is. You're going to force a like, – really, if you're Adam Thielen year 11, you're going to force mean. the Panthers to trade you out of here? That sounds crazy.
3: Why? It's he was not, by it, far the it best it player on offense.
2: That says a lot for this offense. The worst well, offense. You in called the him NFL. DeAndre
3: Hopkins, so I would think it he was. could be able to
2: demand a trade.
3: No, he wasn't. Let's Hop- not go down this Hop- road Hopkins again. Are you being not wrong? wasn't elite last year. He wasn't. Well, he wasn't elite because he had nobody throwing the ball to him, but he made bigger plays.
2: He made more explosive plays. Yeah. He did. He did. I That's agree what he was that. capable
3: of. But he, if I need Thielen a six-yard cross, crossing route, Adam Thielen's my guy. Yeah. I a, love that. A
2: fall out of bounds or a yeah. sliding yeah. catch and If it's on a
3: the fourth sideline. and two and I need it, yes. If I want to score a touchdown, <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins would be more the guy I go to. But, Al, we look at that. Whoever that wide receiver is we will throw Adam Thielen into the mix. Jonathan Mango, good blocker. So, I know you love that. So, we got <laughs> those three guys. All right, never mind. It's not the wide receivers. That's not, not going to get that much better. No, nah, you can't get. I eat. thought I was going to talk myself into it, but you don't have enough pieces.
2: You don't have enough didn't. pieces that are on the roster right now that you can plug now, in either a rookie. Mike Evans at thirty-three. Mike Evans ends up here. That's pretty good.
3: That'd be the only one. Mike Evans. We know Higgins isn't.
2: With a guy like Adam Thielen, and then you know whoever you're going to find and kind of play more of the slot. I know Thielen would primarily be used in that. Would role. you
3: still draft a wide receiver yeah. first pick? If you signed Mike yes, Evans. Yes. I
2: agree. Because Thielen and, and Mike Evans are old, man. Yeah. They're old. So you're going to have to reset this thing and try to do it all over again. So why not do it now if there's a really good guy uh, like Coleman out of Florida State sitting there at 33. Maybe he drops and he's a big physical wide receiver, a really good athlete, basketball player, baseball, all all the things. And I think you watch what he did with the Seminoles this year. He'd be a good guy. Good pick uh, if he's available at 33. And if you feel like you can get some more value and pick up another pick in the second or third round, I think if you're Dan Morgan, you explore that. But I don't think it's the wide receivers. Certainly, I don't think it's the tight ends just because, you know.
3: I don't think that room changes. I don't think it, it changes.
2: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I don't think you see a big difference. You go into it thinking, well, it was a bad year, and Hayden Hurst got hurt, and Tommy Trumbulls, showed some athleticism i don't know about the production uh but ian thomas he's gonna be your blocker like who knows if he does he have to take a pay cut is he a cap casualty we talked about that but i don't see an improvement there either with chuba hubbard and miles sanders maybe things turn if you're in a better system a a more uh a system that has an identity like we were just talking about where you can go out get the ball in the hands of miles sanders for him to operate the same way we saw with a 1,600-plus-yard season with the Philadelphia Eagles en route to a Super Bowl. A linebacker could use a huge improvement, but the unit that I think is going to make the biggest jump, and I think they're going to make it without – many changes and that's scary thinking about how poorly that offensive line played this year I don't think it's going to take major tweaks we talked about Bradley Bozeman I don't like him in protection I don't know what Brady Christensen is going to be like on the other side of uh, the the injuries uh, that cost him uh, at the end of the year in 2022 and then this season and then uh, you, you look at Austin Corbett I think he's solid Taylor Moten solid Icky, I think you can suffer through a new season if you can get a veteran next to Icky that he feels confident with playing. So I think either it's a a veteran free agent that comes in and maybe stabilizes this unit, or it's just the five that did such a great job with Steve Wilks, who we talked about. I think they level out a little bit because they're going to be asked, I believe, hopefully with Dave Canales to do things that fit into their wheelhouse, I think we'll see a huge improvement where we will no longer look at this offensive line, at least as one of the worst in the league where Bryce Young has less than two seconds. 2.8 seconds is the golden number in the NFL to get the ball off. Bryce didn't have that a lot of times this year. You talked about it. It was like, you know, the high school team running (laughs) through the paper uh, to open up a football game. They got to improve, and I believe that's the unit that has the biggest turnaround.
3: Yeah, this was the unit I was looking at with the other one with wide receiver to have it. And it goes down to the belief Taylor Moten's a good, solid right tackle. Austin Corbett back healthy. He slides in next to them. So, all of a sudden, that right side of the O-line is good. I don't know what the answer is going to be at the left side. You know, Al because I don't know if anyone asked Dan Morgan back in his introductory press conference his belief on Icky. They did. And he said left tackle still?
2: Yeah, he said he believes uh, that Icky it could be a good left tackle. He knows he needs to improve. And I believe Icky's sitting right out there in the in the crowd. So either it was at that press conference or one of the post-interviews uh, he yeah. did, uh, maybe with Queen City or somebody else. But Dan did address that. He said he believed that Icky was a good football player, and they love his physicality. They love his aggressiveness. And he has to improve. He has to, you know – Go in the lab and, and work on some things, but he, this, it was general. He didn't say he's our left tackle. He didn't say that, but he said, I, we, we like Icky. We think he could be a good pro. He's a second year guy.
3: January, February, when he's saying sure. that, so you can say whatever the hell you want. I guess I wouldn't say, no, nah, we're moving him to left guard. You anger Icky, and then you have no fallback of who yes, is going to be there. your left tackle. So we'll see what the Panthers do with that, where Brady Christensen fits in. Uh, and what's the the future of Bradley Bozeman at center, Al? Because I get he's well-liked around here, saw him there, the Walter Payton man yeah. of the year and all that stuff, and all that stuff's fantastic. That's great. He doesn't matter enough. But I need you to be good at your job. And he's not. He's not. He's just not. And this is the problem we have in Charlotte. People are nice guys. We try to fall in love with everybody, <laughs> and we give people the benefit of the doubt. And this past year was miserable for Bradley Bozeman at the center position. So they cannot, out of all the positions, Al, that's the one, to me, I'm trying to fix on the O-line the most here. I think left guard, you no. could slide Brady Christian back in and be okay. I, I know you put some guys on there yesterday that we were talking about, and that's fine. I, I have no issue going to get better at left guard. And Connor Williams, But h- yeah. how can you be a good football team if you don't have a good center? I mean, that's everything starts there. Because your head's down, right? Half the time you're snapping it and you're uh, making uh, plays. Uh, yeah. and. You're not seeing what's going on now. Next to it, we just saw, uh, we look at all these teams that usually go to the Super Bowl. There's a solid center that helped lead the way for that football team. And to have that trust with Bryce Young, I think, is pretty important. We know Peyton Manning could tell everything going on with Jeff Saturday's backside (laughs) throughout their career. You just become that accustomed to it. And we need Bryce Young to be accustomed to someone's backside. Yeah,
2: but now that you think about it, think about your Jeff Saturdays. I play with Jeff Mitchell here, like some really good Ryan centers. Khalil, obviously. You think here about a long Ryan time. Khalil. Are they good pass protectors? Is that what you think of when you think of Khalil? I don't know if you don't think suck. anything. Yeah, they don't suck. You don't notice them is the thing. Yeah. Because play a long they have two solid guys next to them. And you're right, heads down. You got to operate with one arm for a half a second. Uh, Even Jason Kelsey, I don't know Do you think about Jason Kelsey highlights of him stonewalling a defensive tackle, right? He's not out there uh, in practice against Fletcher Cox, just stonewalling him at the line of scrimmage. What he is good at is snapping the ball, pulling, athleticism, being the quarterback of the offensive line, getting the protection set. You think about the centers as the most cerebral offensive lineman on that unit. So, Maybe Bradley Bozeman is exposed because he had terrible, not bad, he had terrible guard play next to him the entire year. So if you get guys in there that can kind of hold you down a little bit, and we started talking about this with Icky, maybe some of the problem is communication and instability to his right that caused him to misfire, miscue so many times. Maybe we see a different Bradley Bozeman if you solidify that. (sighs) that interior, those guards with Austin Corbett and whoever else, maybe that is Brady Christensen. It certainly didn't look as bad as it did in 2022 that we saw last year.
3: Well, either way, to me, the goal should be you're solidifying both, right? You're solidifying left guard, you're solidifying center. And I'm just thinking this as an offensive personnel, and Chris Jones is what I'm coming to mind here. It's hard to play football as an offense, when you are getting destroyed up the middle, yeah, you can get beat on the outside, especially if you're a quarterback and you see it, you know, you can either gonna, step up yeah. in the pocket. You can try to run around them. We go to the last play that the 49ers ran on offense, right? Chris Jones comes straight up the gut. Nobody blocks him, And Purdy can't do anything. You I mean,
2: got to let it go. You're screwed
3: at that point in time. So that's why you look at the middle of the O line. Uh, I want to say maybe as Herney has always said this, you know, you You build your team. Whoever's closest to the football is the most important. So the quarterback, center, defense, D-line right there. And as you spread it out, it's not as important. Because if the people closest to it aren't doing their damn job, doesn't matter what the hell the guys on the outside are doing. Yeah,
2: that pressure up the middle, it kills you because you don't know whether to go left or right. You're trying to drop back. And you know if you roll nine times out of ten, and we saw this in Steve Wilkes with Nick Bosa and Chase Young do a great job of kind of boxing Patrick Mahomes in, we had that type of rush when we played Michael Vick. Like, don't get on top of this guy as he's going to find a an escape lane up the middle. So it was important for Buckner and, um, you know, Chris Jenkins to kind of push Michael Vick and force him to try to escape on the outside where you can even up the, you know, the battle right there with the guy like Hall of Famer Julius Peppers. Uh, Thomas Davis was drafted to do that job. When we're talking about moving further and further away from the ball and how scary it could be. I'm thinking about the team or the unit. I should say the, the unit that I trust the least it's the furthest away from the ball. It's the safeties. I know Xavier Woods and those guys back there. It's nothing to write home about. Uh, they didn't get into much trouble last year, Uh, with Steve, uh, not Steve wilkes but uh, with this defense uh, here for Vero. But those safeties, it always feels like you bring in those veteran safeties. And then the next year, I'm always concerned that Father Time is going to kick them right in the teeth and they're going to go out there and struggle and not be able to move. So if it's one unit, while I'm looking at the biggest turnaround that had some stability, maybe the last two years at safety, you just got to hope that these guys are, are still you know, young enough, athletic enough to stay with some of these great athletes in space as the NFL changes and bigger guys are more athletic and the smaller guys are just crazy when you look at how talented they are we do have a text in from a 980 number it said if it's not the o-line or wide receiver room that makes the biggest jump al and bobby then we're in trouble i agree those were the biggest glaring holes on that offensive unit I know we're going to ask a lot again from bryce young but if he doesn't have the talent to get the ball to if they cannot create separation uh it's all for naught you know it doesn't matter if adam thielen catches 100 passes and then that offensive line is protection, is protection, is protection. You see the difference in this past Super Bowl just a few d- days ago, uh, protection and pass rush makes and how it impacts quarterbacks. So it's huge. And Dan Morgan and Dave Canales, they have a job. You know that scouting and the process is starting, as we talked about it yesterday, uh, with the NFL Combine and Pro Days coming up next here on the NFL calendar. We'll take our next break here on the Al Wallace Show. We'll come back. I know Bobby doesn't want to talk about it. Somebody almost made a trade for LeBron, or at least they threw it out there. This is 7.30 The Game.
0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Seven thirty. The game. You're listening to the Al Wallace Show alongside Bobby Rosinski. Hear the afternoon rush coming up at 3 p.m. today. Uh, the Super Bowls pass. We're, we're talking about the Panthers and how can they improve? Well, it looks like at least one Golden State Warrior. We didn't hear from Steph Curry, but at least one guy. And that seemed like BFF for LeBron James and Draymond Green. She's trying to matchmake. trying to get LeBron to Golden State. I think LeBron quickly, no, that's not going to happen. The Lakers, uh, Jenny Bus, I think she's, you know, going to listen to the players, but uh, also says no. But I, I saw this today, Bobby, and I just thought this was absolutely absurd. We know the NBA trade deadline just passed. And the Lakers, you know, no movement there. They're not having a good season. They did when lebron is still the best player on his team in year 21 uh they won 125 the 111 last night lebron 25.8 assists Who'd they play? crazy it wasn't a good team yeah, I, it yeah it's the pistons they
3: still be just the throw pistons. that in there as you're yeah talking about a nice win i'm for the talking Lakers. about lebron though <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I know what you He's were doing i was years just old. i wanted people t- to get the full picture like he what won't was do happening? that against
2: good teams.
3: It's oh, he might. The Lakers just won't win against good
2: teams. No, they won't win. But he'll put up numbers, uh, 50% from the three-point line. But I don't think either one of the, those guys, and I'm talking about Steph Curry or LeBron James, need this. I, I You know, I think it's, it's matchmaking. Uh, you know, Rich Paul and Draymond Green kind of whispering, and we know how close Draymond is. We saw him sitting next to each other at the Super Bowl this past weekend. But to have guys that are – you know, maybe at least one of them right now is on a Mount Rushmore of of all basketball players of all time to try to pair up and do this again. I think LeBron learned his lesson. Uh, I think he w- wants to be in L.A. Of course, uh, his son, uh, Bronny, playing for the Trojans. This this was never going to happen. And I think it's, it's, it's something to talk about. For some people like myself, we're LeBron James fans, but to see this come across, I think this kills both of their legacy to have those two guys decide to pair up and get on the same team. I don't even know how it would work. I don't know that it would work I think the basketball gods would absolutely punish them for making this trade. So I thought it was comical uh, for LeBron James. You're going to suffer. I don't know, Bobby, if he wins another championship, but I don't know that he goes anywhere else. I know he's talking about playing with Bronny and all that mess, but I think his career ends in L.A. And not on a good note, he's not going to win another championship.
3: No, it's hard to envision the Lakers winning another championship. Look, I don't blame the Golden State Warriors for looking in to LeBron James. Because just like we look at the Lakers and think there's not bright days ahead in terms of winning a championship, it's hard to look at this Warriors team. And I know they're playing probably their best basketball of the season right now, Golden State. They've won five straight, seven and three in their last 10. They're above 500. It's been a while for this basketball team. And if you're looking at trying to compete and winning a championship, why would you not want LeBron James? So my distaste to this whole story has nothing to do with the Golden State Warriors, and let's also not forget Philly, Daryl Morey. He called right. the Lakers, too, and asked about LeBron. They said no. Then they asked about Embiid, and that was the end of the phone yeah. conversation. Like, you, uh, hey, you got to shoot your shot, right? And that's what Daryl Morey did with the Los Angeles Lakers. My disgust for this would have been, Al, the Stephen A's of the world and just the general watching Get Up. I I try to watch Get Up for something. Today was actually a good show, I thought, on Get Up where Mm -hmm. they bounced around to a bunch of different stories and covering different things that are going on in sports. We would be living in the LeBron Steph, And my most annoying part, Draymond. Draymond's like that whack-a-mole that just pops back up trying to say he's involved. He was just taking credit for their recent winning ways because of his suspension. Because he was out that allowed the Warriors to kind of just... Feel themselves out and see her. Oh, thanks, Draymond. You're such a team player for throwing an elbow arm into the face of, oh, was it Nurich or whoever the hell that he hit? Who then he was not happy with him in their repeat game when they just played the other day. There is no more dislikable athlete in sports than Draymond Green, the man who thinks he's great. Yet he needs LeBron because he if he's going he to ride
2: those coattails, yeah,
3: he wants to be that guy that's sitting there popping his head up like a whack a mole, thinking he's a part of a damn championship team.
2: Yeah, both of these teams are struggling. Golden State sitting at 10th in the Western Conference, the LA Lakers just above them at nine. So
3: I everything mean, play each other in the play,
2: not even good. That'll be hilarious to have to see those two teams play each other. Two greats, two all time greats, but uh, Steph Curry, like. That type of game, right, just the shooting that he does, the precision, like how long can that last? Is he a guy that can last 21 seasons like LeBron James? We know at least early in Steph's career, Bobby, he suffered with the ankles, and that's something LaMelo Ball's dealing with. We saw Steph with the gigantic ankle braces at one point. He seems to have overcome that for a guy, and we know him well here. Playing at Davidson was just tiny, slightly built. I think he's built himself up a little wise, a bit body-wise, but one of the all-time great shooters. It is hard to see a guy like that, and maybe it's more akin to what quarterbacks do, play a long time. I think LeBron's just an outlier, just physical, 6'9", 250-pound phenom. Who knows how much money he spends on his body, but to see him still uh, a viable player. Now, I didn't like the fact that he only got one rebound last night, which means he just stayed out of the way and decided to shoot. Hey, they, oh, man, they won by of, 14 against the G-League team. Just, why just get out of why way? go all out? Yeah, just get out of the way. But, yeah, but, you know, I, this didn't need to happen. A funny story that I absolutely wanted to talk about because, you know.
3: I could have seen you if this trade went down. You would have come in the next day with your Warriors LeBron no, jersey on.
2: I wouldn't have been happy. I think I would have gotten off the train. You would not. No, you wouldn't you think have gotten You think I would be celebrating train? a LeBron James, yeah. Steph Curry Duo with Draymond Green. Draymond, they might have traded his. You yeah, know who would have gone there. to the Lakers, right. I guess?
3: Because that's a big salary Clay. that you got to.
2: They're ready to be done with Clay. I know, but
3: if you're the Lakers, are you taking Clay? You'd probably be going, you'd be wanting what? Kaminga?
2: I would think so. A young piece, I don't know what yeah. his
3: contract is because LeBron's obviously a He's lot. He's finally.
2: Starting to show some signs of life. I thought there was going to be a bust. Is Wiggins it? still there? Wiggins still. No, I think he just got – did he just get traded out of there? I think Wiggins might be there with some rumors about him getting traded. I don't think the Warriors made a deal. I don't know. This is when I start getting into the NBA. Lakers so did add
3: Dinwiddie, right? Yeah, yeah Spencer, yeah. guy yep. I always like. Spencer Dinwiddie.
2: Yeah, he's a good basketball player. So, we'll see. It's post uh, – it was getting towards the All-Star weekend. We'll see what these teams look like. Maybe LeBron and Steph Curry, who's been around, what, 14 years himself – Try to make a push here uh, to get themselves out of that playing tournament, but right now they have hold the last two seeds in that playing tournament bracket uh, in the West. But it's uh, just a funny story that, you know, you wanted to share and think about. We'll get into some more uh, basketball as we continue to go here. It's going to be basketball season. I think, uh, you know, you look at some of the teams and you got some good matchups coming up here tonight as well. My Miami Heat 29-25 record are going to be taking on the Sixers. Joel Embiid, uh, just out of the MVP discussion, I'm not even sure who's the guy. Is it Jalen Brunson? Uh, that would be winning the MVP, but the Sixers certainly – Probably gonna up, be a
3: dart player. Yeah,
2: it's going to be – yeah, no, it's not going to be Jokic. <laughs> it's not going to be Jokic. He's done. <laughs> One, we're tired of it. Two, he's just not doing enough this year. I mean, he's still there. He's going to get you a dart. All right, I got to pull up
3: the stats here as you slander Jokic. No,
2: Jokic is a good basketball player, a really good basketball player. I'm just SGA? telling you stylistically, yeah, Shea Alexander's is he's having a good year. Um, as well, I just stylistically, I just don't want to watch him play. It's just not fun to watch. It's just like Tim. Dun- can I deny that Tim Gr- Duncan was the greatest? He is not Tim f- Duncan. Jokic?
3: Yeah, he is way more exciting than Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan was watching paint dry. I get that.
2: Tim Duncan didn't have the passing game that the Or big the does. shooting game. Yeah, he was efficient. Tim Duncan, Duncan was, was a th-
3: good eight foot off the glass type guy. Jokic can so hit what? threes.
2: He can't, yeah, but it's, I mean, you're you one of the slander. Again. It sounds Yoke's
3: like jealousy boring. is all I hear. Why would I
2: be jealous of you, Nicole? Because he Yoke played the sport sh- you wanted to play. I didn't want you to play You weren't basketball. good enough in basketball. I wasn't good enough in basketball. That's why I played Did you even football. dunk? I did. Yeah, I could dunk. Absolutely. Mm. On a six 10 foot hole? Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, the middle school eight <laughs> foot rims, Bobby. Of course, I could play. I'm an athlete, so I could do it all at one point. My my kids, my son specifically. You were a good baseball player, right? I, Yeah, I was a pretty solid baseball player. It kind of broke my coach's heart that I decided to go away from baseball. Which think um, money these days out. Yeah, some baseball decisions. You can't <laughs> get it back. A six-five, big hands. Yeah. You know, it, it could have worked out. Aaron Judge before Aaron up. Judge. Man, those dudes are big. I can't imagine. I got tired of getting hit by the ball. Maybe it was my little. Also, you want to go I play football? <laughs> yeah, but I was I can control that, and I know I played wide Did receiver you have until so many I got injuries. To yeah, <laughs> that ball hurts, man. I couldn't control that ball, and you know my history. Look, I didn't get LASIK surgery until I was in the NFL, uh, so that changed everything. Maybe I couldn't see the ball, uh, especially true. playing at the higher levels again but yeah that baseball hurt is just the same way as golf now take that and go over the baseball golf. it was pretty good but not that great let's take our <laughs> final time out here on the al wallace show let's just open it up we'll talk about some more stories across the landscape of sports when we come back this is 7 30 the game wrapping things up here on the al wallace show spreading some love on <laughs> valentine's day in the studio
3: <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a lot of love during that uh three minute We're doing commercial some break big man
2: comparisons you know it's the honestly they're all not all that great
3: to watch if you're yeah. gonna break them down i think compare them like i don't look any different in bead the Jokic. you brought up carl anthony towns i don't sit there and say i want to go run to my tv to watch carl anthony towns play
2: yeah, they're not Akeem Olajuwon with the dream shake, the footwork, uh, the drop steps. Uh, they're more Patrick Ewing esque, like if just you, big guys, good post games. And
3: if you could pay to watch one person right now,
2: hmm, I man. think
3: Tatum might be my guy. Jason I Tatum's feel like he's. The I think the Celtics are pretty one good. that can do it all, outside, inside.
2: Yeah, he's pretty slick. I, I you know, that that's a good question. We talked about some of the the guys on the list, the MVP ranking. Which joke? Jokic is at the top. It's Jokic, yeah. Shy uh, Gilgis Alexanders is right there as well. Jason Tatum on that list. Uh, Giannis is another big man. I just, I think I've never been to a game with with Giannis. Maybe I'll say uh, Giannis because he's so big. I think more athletic uh, and explosive than the other two. Man, Douglas. I mean, he's incredible when you see a guy his size move the way he does and handle the ball and and go down the lane so um it's it's one of those things where you know you you got your different tastes and for me my taste is a more athletic guy that can uh kind of move around we'll talk about some top stories here as we wrap up the show we're gonna go to the guest line we got joe the fan on the line joe how you doing man welcome to the al wallace show
1: Hey, thanks, Al. Uh, before I have the question for you, man, I could feel Bobby's hate for Draymond Green all the way here. In, in the <laughs> yes, you're right. That's some deep hate, right there. That's some deep hate, man. How could you even? How could you even hate anything like that? I don't understand it. But that, let's get to the question. The question I have for you is: We've talked about it before in the Afternoon Rush, but since you played pro football, would you rather get to four championship games, NFC championship games, and lose, or get to just one Super Bowl but win it?
2: Yeah, Joe, I appreciate that. That's a great question. I kind of touched on this is maybe it, a few weeks ago. It is a good seems question. Seems like an obvious question. It's not an obvious question. Four NFC I'm title not, games and lose what?
3: or one Super Bowl? B- says one the B- Bowl.
2: Says the Buffalo Bills fan.
3: You said win the Super Bowl, right?
2: Yeah, I'm going to win the Super well, Bowl. Well, yeah, who's not going to take that yes. answer? No, That's I, a thought you were, I thought you were saying something the no, opposite way. No, I'm not okay. going to do that. So you're thinking, a stupid question, you're thinking Joe. Joe would rather go to four championships and be a consistent winner? If I'm the character, every time Panthers, I've thought
3: with Joe, it's about 10 years.
2: No, I'm not. It's doing not. That.
3: Four years in a row of losing the NFC Championship or AFC or winning a Super Bowl. Hell yeah, I'm going to take the Super Bowl. But
2: his team, if I have it correct, Joe the fan, right? A Rams fan. If yes. I have that right. So, Joe, you Who like the Rams. Who hates the 49ers with Think more passion. Think about what the than... Rams did. They sold the entire farm to get that Super Bowl championship. And then the next, the next year after that, they had McVay contemplate retiring. Donald, uh, Aaron Donald I mean, you'll to will take it. Retire. You the Super Bowl. I'll take it because you're immortal at that point.
1: Oh, Al, and guess what? They turned it around pretty quick, and the Rams will be a team to be reckoned with next year. And remember, and I've told this to you before to Bobby, and I've said it before, it shows you that the Panthers can do it because the Rams had not had a first-round pick since 2016. This is the first year they're going to have a first-round pick, and they've been to two Super Bowls and won one without a first-round draft
2: pick. Yeah, Joe, but you got to have some cap room you got to have some assets so what they did was some wheeling and dealing as far as getting some high-end athletes in there LA is a destination that football players want to go Stafford, Jalen Ramsey you got to get guys in there I'm not sure that uh Von Miller I mean I'm not sure that it's a situation right where you want to come to Carolina a lot of things have to go into it the fact that I can't tell you who owns the LA Rams is a good thing Now you start looking at David Tepper, the ownership, the management, the way it's been run the last couple of years. This is not a destination, especially veteran players who have some skin in the game want to come to and toil away in a bad organization. And make no mistake about it, as much as it pains me to say that on the show, this is a bad, it has been a bad organization. So hopefully that turns around with Dan Morgan making some decisions as the general manager and president of football operations.
1: Well, good luck with all that. I really wish you good luck, and uh, thanks for taking my call, guys. I'll talk to you.
2: Yeah, appreciate it, uh, Joe, uh, for the for the question there and the call, uh, man. Yeah, I, you know, I still think it's a couple years out, and that's being. Very generous. It could be more because there are so many holes on this roster. It was you've drafted so poorly over the last five years that it's going to take years to recoup some of the things. And I know I think I heard on you you guys' show when you start looking at man who was in the 2018 draft class and 2020. You're thinking there's one or two guys off each one of those teams not still on the team in the NFL. That was awful draft. So. Dan Morgan, no matter if it's 33rd or they get into the first round, they trade away Brown, whatever they do, they got to make it count, man. Go look at Detroit. Go look at the guys they brought in with Gibbs and Laporta and Branch that made a difference this year. What the Panthers need are difference makers on the field, and you can't wait two years to try to figure that out and and, uh, and get them in here. So, yeah, I appreciate that, but I'd rather have that Super Bowl championship. I went to one Super Bowl in ten years, two NFC championships – those runs were the only two playoff runs I had in a 10 year stretch with the Eagles, you name it. So yeah, I I don't want to get there and fall short. Like we're seeing some of those teams and Andy Reed toiled away in with the Eagles, really good teams. And it was what, uh, 10-year gap, a long time before he was able to make it back and win that thing with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but so many other good storylines as we get ready to wrap up the show here. Uh, the big man, I think one of the most dominant big men in the league, and we were talking basketball, Shaq gets his number retired in Orlando. I'm shocked, and I don't know if I didn't know that that had been he done. He said
3: he was shocked he was actually getting his number retired in Orlando. Yeah,
2: I don't know why, because you, what you think of Shaq. Well, he left. As a Laker, more than anything else?
3: I mean, that guy ended up playing for a lot of damn teams. I think about Penny and Shaq.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was with the Suns at one point, the Heat. Celtics. Celtics, he bounced around. Man, that – yeah, it's a lot. For for one of the all-time greats, you usually don't see that. But when I think about – shaq especially young shaq um i think lakers I, I think lakers that's true but i think about you know penny and, and shaq in those days and I me mean, team that could have won was, an nba championship if nick solid.
3: anderson didn't miss free throws in game one against the rockets that year
2: yeah this is true this is absolutely true but shout out to the big man getting his jersey retired i think the first person in orlando to get it we got the hornets playing again tonight can they make it three in a row what do you think they keep this thing going, uh, or is the, is the bubble burst? That Cinderella slip. No, no, come Hawks,
3: Hawks are an interesting team. They can score. I think tonight's interesting to see how the Hornets' defense plays because it's been good the last two games. Atlanta team you can score more against, but we know Trey Young can uh, fill up the stat sheet. To yeah, he late.
2: likes to be the heel. He likes to be the villain in the story. We'll see what the Hornets can get done, this new regime of the Hornets. Well, that's it for me here on the Al Wallace Show today, but stay tuned. Coming up next is the Afternoon Rush.